Welcome to Infinite Possibilities, the Game Changer series with me, Dr. Marina Nani and Rich Human Magazine. If you look around and wonder how some people are so successful, so quick, while others still struggle, perhaps it's time to find out the inside story of personal brand strategies. Every story brings a new perspective, greater truths that sit at the core of personal branding. We go around the world together and talk with influencers, elite leaders, visionaries, artists, scientists, icons, and everyday heroes about the intentional decision to influence the public perception of their uniqueness and access infinite possibilities. Wow, um, um, it's almost like, is this really possible to have another Christmas? How lucky, how blessed we are, all, all of us. At some point, the next Christmas, it was like a very distant dream. Sounded like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen again. And yet, now, together, we are creating even better memories. I'm so grateful to be here. Right now, we are celebrating. Actually, I've been celebrating this year uh, longer than usual. I've been celebrating every day because I didn't know if there is another day coming after today. So uh, I got in, into a habit of celebrating. And uh, at Ritumann Magazine Club, we have three rules. <laughs> Rule number one, celebrate. Rule number two, celebrate. Rule number three, celebrate. So you might wonder what is so special about uh, Christmas? Well, it's a, it's a time of getting together. It's a time of introspection. It's, it's a time for making that space in your own mind, in your own heart and deciding that, oh my God, I have space for more people in my heart. It's simply about celebrating others. The unsung hero, I'm so grateful to Kenny and Kylie. I think they never sleep, actually. I think they absolutely never sleep. So please make a meaningful connection. Get to know them better. Behind the, the silent, calm, serene appearance, it's a lot of pedaling. If you look at the lake and you ever seen these beautiful swans, this is what exactly what is happening. Pedaling all the time under the water. Nobody can see it. The rest of the world just see this beautiful picture, a beautiful lake with beautiful swans and, and other birds coming and feeding themselves and spending time together. But the reality that is that behind the scenes, underneath the water, there is a lot of effort. So I, I want to celebrate them. I really feel it's time to celebrate Kenny to discover more and it's something that the world needs to know better. Thank you so much, everybody. It is a time for celebration. It is a time to listen to each other more. It is a time to listen to that unique story. You know, the, the story you tell yourself about yourself when nobody is listening, that is the most important story. That is more important than the Bible. The Bible has been <laughs> got more than 380 versions and is the most read book. And yet I feel that your story deserves your undivided attention because it's time to change the narrative. It's time to understand that the story you tell yourself about yourself when nobody is listening is shaping your life and your life could only go as far as you allow your imagination to take you. I'm really, really looking at, at everything, everything around us. If, if you think 
everything got a story behind. What, what drives us all to support each other? And I feel this is exactly what is happening this year. This is exactly what we learned in the last two years. And it was a tragic awareness, but the best is yet to come. This is how I feel. I feel that 2022, which for me started already, I celebrated already, <laughs> is a year of beauty and love and talent and genius that is expressed in a better way. Michelangelo creating David chipped away everything that wasn't David. I look at a block of marble and I'm asking myself, who is inside this marble? It takes courage to chip away everything that is not you to create this beautiful you. Everything that makes you, your unique genius, your unique talent takes a lot of determination. And yes, it is true. It's never been a better time than now because we have Clubhouse. I'm so grateful for Clubhouse. Oh my God, Clubhouse, it's Merry Christmas to you <laughs> and to the people who put their hearts, their minds together to create this beautiful space. And let's make sure we keep it in mint condition. We don't let it become another Instagram or <laughs> another social media. We serve it in a way that makes justice to the founder of this beautiful space. To me, it's an universal radio station. It's a it's a 24-hour cloud <laughs> that takes us places. We travel in the cloud. We reside in the cloud. And we are all residents of this cloud. And for me, because we spend so much time here, it's, it's time to, to admit that sometimes <laughs> it's true, and my family knows this, and they understand what I'm saying. Sometimes... Cloud is thicker than blood. I made more connection in this very app, in, in this cloud, than perhaps in the last five years. I made more meaningful connections. And I'm so humbled by each one of you. Sometimes I've been listening for 12 hours. And I learned so much from each one of you. And I have now the, the privilege of introducing you somebody that I love dearly, somebody that is of rich human society, somebody that uh, I feel the world needs to know better, somebody that I know the world needs more of. Professor Grace, welcome to Infinite Possibilities. <laughs> Please uh, tell us, Professor Grace, how is Jamaica on Christmas time? <laughs> Good morning, good morning, good morning, Dr. Maria. Jamaica on Christmas time is one of the most festive and most beautiful sights that you can ever see. People exchanging good wishes, just like the world, but in the style of the Jamaican. <laughs> so it's always bubbly and refreshing to be in the season. <laughs> so that's what Jamaica is like during Christmas. Thank you for having me. Wow, Professor Grace, you I don't have enough words to express my gratitude for you, for knowing you, for understanding how much the world needs you. And we all are here to celebrate life. We are all here together to, to understand uh, what is possible when we put our hearts together and you've been a custodian of people's people's joy. And you've been working really hard to create a solution for people who 
still have unresolved trauma to move on. And you also have a beautiful uh, podcast that we pre-launch on the Clubhouse and we are officially going to uh, to start producing uh, an episode a week in 2022 called from uh, Healing Stars from Scars to Stars. T- tell us more about what is possible, how healing can help us uh, become stronger. That's a great question, Dr. Maria. Healing can help us become stronger. Think of it this way, with unhealed hurt, with unhealed trauma, one loses their effectiveness because they are unable to think and they are unable to do things as more effectively when the trauma and the pain is resolved. We have situations where people, well, right now we understand that there are persons who are suffering different kinds of trauma and we have seen what we call cumulative or complicated grief. And I can use one example to share with you how I see someone release the pain and start moving on and living within (laughs) moments, I would say. A few weeks ago, I was on a um, program where I was sharing on grief. And this person came on and they were dark. When I said dark, the complexion, I'm not talking about somebody who has a, you know, dark melon, um, the, 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 the melanin. I see someone who was wriggled with pain and I could see the complexion change. I never knew the person before, but you could see that it was unnatural. You could see that the person was holding on, and it's not just seen. The person said it. They don't know what to do. Their life was dark. I, 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 let me just end, end this story so you can get the, the essence of it, because of time. When she explained that the doctors had to put her on different medication and some of them, they had to double the dosage and her blood pressure, her blood sugar and all her other maladies were getting significantly worse because she had lost her son tragically and for her, Life ended when her son died. And while we were talking, I gave her one example of something that she could do. As a matter of fact, it's an activity that I asked everyone in the room to share, and you can do it now. I said, think of the pain that you are experiencing. Find six pain points. Write them down. And I used the concentric circle, which we wouldn't have time to go through now. And I asked them to treat with the pain 
one pain point at a time. And then when they were finished, I said, think of the person who you know at a minute's notice if they cry out to you for help because they are in so much pain. You are going to be going to them. I said, walk with me to them. And then I said, stop. Don't go any further. Turn around. Look in the mirror. And I showed them how to do the butterfly because we were on Zoom and express self-compassion. And they did it. And then I said to them, you need to schedule time every day to deal with your grief. And I told them the implications if they didn't and also what are the possible outcomes. Dr. Maria, within a week, the following Sunday, when we met and the person came on, the coordinator for the program said, there is someone who we need who has a story. And at any point, Dr. Kelly, that you'd like to pause for them to share their testimony, that's what he called it, let them share. I said, not a problem. Let's begin with that because by right, I just wanted to hear how was their week. And she came on and when she told her story, you listen to her voice. You probably don't know my real voice, but this is my just wake up voice. <laughs> that woman's voice was transformed. Complexion was completely different. And she said, listen, I practice what I learned here. And right now, my medication has been regularized. It has been changed back to what it needed to be because my blood pressure, my blood sugar, all back in their normal range. How else could I explain to you what benefit there are for someone to let go of their grief and hold on to the possibilities of what life has to offer so that they can live, so that they can breathe and they can soar, changing from scars to stars. Thank you for that. Professor Grace, you've been serving the community for decades as a professor at the University in Jamaica, and uh, your book is such a well-appointed grief encounter tool, empowering those who experience grief. And grief is, is such a vast range of experiences. Uh, could be the result of losing someone close or losing something, a role, or your even your job. And it's always not to live outside losing your dog or this happened to me that's why I'm, I'm mentioning and perhaps you don't know but you helped me navigate through uh, that and for two years I, i've been crying every day and then i heard you speak and then i listened to you more i came to to your rooms at three chuman magazine club and i listened to you and i start to understand that 
the, the confusion, the, the fear, the loneliness, the pain that could you could carry for the rest of your life is a choice to, to live in the past and move on and cope with with losing that, leaving that behind. But before I met you, I did not know how to deal with that. I've been carrying that with me. And I know some people say just a dog. Of course, I lost friends and I lost a lot more than just that. But that is the one of the losses I couldn't cope with because my dog was uh, always there for me. She's been with me when I was writing, when I was when I was coming back from my business trip. She will know, and she will wait for me at the right at the door so no one can leave the house without her so she could come and um, meet me at the airport so even when i i gave my my family the wrong date because the time zone is something <laughs> i always struggle with so i would say i'll come tomorrow but actually will be today and she will know she will be just so nobody uh, so whoever leaves the house to to meet me at the airport uh, will take her too so that that kind of connection you have with somebody if it's a person somebody family or your dog or even something you you love doing and you can't do it do anymore it i think it's almost impossible not to carry that pain and learning from you freed me from that space allowed me to un- understand that i can celebrate my dog her name is tara and I couldn't even have a, a. I couldn't even imagine my life without her. So I learned so much from you, Professor Grace, and you helped so many people. Perhaps you are not even aware how many people you helped so far. And my, my next question is: what, what do you think? How, how important it is to act immediately? So not to stay in in that unresolved space of grief. It's extremely important. And thank you, Dr. Maria, for being vulnerable in sharing about the loss of your dog. It's very important to act immediately. Grieving or grief is our response to the perception of our loss. And as soon as we perceive a loss, it doesn't matter what the magnitude is, our brain is wired to immediately move into grieving, the grieving mode. So we don't have to give ourselves permission to grieve. What happens, though, is that a lot of persons, the process is paused or inhibited because we are afraid to own the pain. And some persons, when they own the pain, they are afraid to let go based on the connections that they had to the source of their pain. And I'm glad you also mentioned that grief is not about just or response to death and dying. It's about the loss of a relationship, whether it be abandonment, whether it be divorce, be it 
being placed in a foster care situation. Whatever level of separation, one can grieve that. One can grieve the loss of a fingernail. They can grieve the loss of asset. Yes, anything, as long as it is a loss. The important thing about owning the pain, grief can only be resolved when it is owned and identified. And the importance of doing it, what will happen, I mentioned earlier, the cumulative or the complicated loss or grief. When you do not have or do not take the time to grieve one thing before another thing happens, then the pain is piled up and it's very difficult to move. And I also mentioned a concentric circle, which is also something I developed to demonstrate this, to move from the outer layer to the inside, the root of your pain. Whereas if you now in 2021, Dr. Maria, would lose a friend, you may be grieving and you may think it's the friend that you're grieving, but essentially it's the companionship and that affection that you had from your dog that you didn't heal from that you're grieving. So persons who are going through the pandemic and domestic violence is said, you know, to be by the WHO and other persons, a pandemic within the pandemic. They are experiencing multiple loss. And you would want to ask, what is it that is going to break the straw? So unresolved hurt, unresolved pain, unresolved grief can fester and it can trigger different responses. And I like stories, so I'll end with this one for this answer. There was this young lady, it was dramatized, where she was in jail because she killed her boyfriend. And when the sentence was passed and the judge was about to make the final declaration, when she realized what was happening to her, she shouted, I pull the trigger, but who triggered me? And what they found out, the judge and everybody, they stopped and listened to her because she had maintained silence throughout the process. And she never gave the, gave the, the details. Her father had been abusing her sexually for almost her entire life. And this day, her boyfriend, it was dark, and he attempted to be close to her, and she just somehow, there was a gun. She pulled the gun, but in her mind, it was her dad who was attacking her. 
that she saw. So I pulled the trigger and who triggered me. So we have to look for the different triggers in treating with grief and help persons facilitate them navigating through each pain, one pain point at a time, from grief to the hope side of their pain. So be careful to treat with every hurt, every pain as early as possible so you do not experience what we call cumulative or complicated grief, which cause different kinds of challenges, mentally, physically, socially, spiritually. All of those challenges can be resulted from unhealed pain. Thank you for asking, Doc. When we communicate, we perhaps understand that we are all very different and we see the world in different ways and is done to the way we've been brought up, is done to our heritage, is down to our way of life, but it's also done to understanding how to communicate with others. When somebody is suffering, dealing with unresolved grief, communication perhaps is altered. You've been a grief therapist for so long and you have a, with your book, a Grieve It If You Must, you have a 21-day plan for grieving, healing and restoration. What is possible to, to be done within our own communication when going through the pain of losing someone or coping with tragic events? Thank you for that question, Dr. Maria. And I'm going to answer it from the perspective of the one who is hurting and also the one who is responding to the hurting. Now, as you mentioned, persons are different and as different as our thumbprint or our fingerprint is, so is our response to loss. Remember I said earlier that grief is a process of how we react to our perception of a loss and that is as unique as our thumbprint. As a matter of fact, there's a therapeutic methodology that is being utilized now, which is called basically the thumbprint. And that is something, you know, that we would use in the group, in the therapy, in the counseling session to help persons to unravel their pain and treat with it. Now, when someone is hurt, when you have lost something or someone, there's what we call the shock and denial. People move through the stages of grief, or Kubler-Ross is four different stages. But I've found one that seemed to depict how I observe persons grief and I grieve as a result of a pain. So the shock and denial, where you're thinking, no, it's not for real. It can't be true. And if we are stuck there for children and older adults, the elderly, they may have different kind of reaction where they have what we call the searching behavior. They are looking all around for the 
person or the thing that is gone, that is not coming back. And they are not recognizing that it won't come back. They have issues with anxiety, different kinds of emotional release. Then some people feel guilty, so they start complaining and talking about, okay, if I hadn't done this, then they wouldn't die. If you notice when someone is ailing and they are either in the hospital or in at home and they somehow feel or know that they're going to die. Normally you hear people say, but she just asked me for a cup of water. I just went to get a cup of tea. I just went to fix her favorite food. I just did this. And I came back and, and she's gone. And for life, they can't forgive themselves from leaving, for leaving beside the bed. You didn't cause death was a natural progression, the end of life. So you didn't cause it unless you actually did something, poison or shot them or stabbed them. You didn't cause it. They feel angry. Then they go in this loneliness and depression down to the level of despair in that lonely state it feels as if there is no God so they start blaming God they blame their circumstances they blame the doctors all of those things start happening and and then after a while it does take a while and with the appropriate help you start having seen intermittent interest where when they would have had the loss. They lost interest in what the person would be doing, maybe singing together, maybe work, whatever it is. So they would have lost that interest. But then you now you start seeing intermittent interest in the activities that they used to have with the individual. It's a sign that they are recovering. Then there's re-entry troubles, getting back into the normal way of operation. The husband may be the breadwinner. The wife would be the one who's the homemaker. She doesn't know how to write a check. In our 21st um, century, we realize that there is a difference because male and female are doing similar things. But there are some persons who they have their norms within their family. So they wouldn't have been able to manage. And now you see that it is more prominent. They're asking for help now and start adjusting to the everyday life. But looking from the perspective of those of us who are treating with individuals who are talking with them, the language in the communication is very important. And it's good to ask things like, what was she like? What was her favorite food? quotation, what was, just ask them to talk, because just by talking about they lost the person that they would have lost, it gave them an, gives them an opportunity to restory, and restory, keep telling their story, as you would say in rich woman society, telling your story does change your story, and it's a place where you are, you are, you can be seen, and you can be you. People need that. 
So here are some statements that we are to consider. Instead of saying, I know just exactly how you feel. No, you don't. You may say something like, I will never know exactly how you feel, but I can appreciate your expression or I can appreciate you complete it. You'll get over it. No, people don't get over grief. Let them know and let them feel you. We can get through this together. It will be okay. Yes, it will. But let them know that, yes, in the end, all will be well. And if all is not, it is not yet the end. So support them through to that. Some persons may say, don't think about it. How could you say that? Wow. Say to them, take as much time as you desire to process your thoughts about, and you name the loss, but give them permission in their own space to breathe and heal. A common one, don't cry. Tears won't bring them back. Communicating to people, you need to communicate here. So you would say, in the Christian realm, people say, tears are language that God understands. Otherwise, you could say, it, it's therapeutic. Just cry if you must. Dr. Murray, as good as the sound for the hurting, be strong. It is something that nobody who is truly hurting wants to hear. So we are here to support you. In Christ, we find strength. In thinking positively, we can become more resilient. Walk with them. Let them feel you. Don't tell them to be strong. Don't tell them to forget it. Tell them to treasure the legacy of love. And laughter. Treasure that which you had with the person. As long as you live, keep their memory alive. But because a part of grief is about letting go, we need to support them until to, they get to that state where they would experience these four goals of grief. One, believe that the hurt happened. Two, be willing to experience the pain in order to experience true healing. Be able to adjust the environment, willing to adjust the environment in which you once lived with the situation or the person who has gone or that which you have lost. And finally, emotionally relocate the disease or the thing which you are grieving. Emotionally relocate them and move on with your life because that is the goal to be reached when we are seeking true healing. Healing is to pain as breathing is to life. You want to live, you breathe. You want to heal, you grieve. So grieve 
if you must. Professor Grace, that is so beautiful. And because of infinite possibilities, the podcast we started on Clubhouse and we had so much joy listening to other people's stories, talking about their personal brand. Some people, when they join Infinite Possibility, didn't even realize they have a personal brand. And we navigated through many months and weeks of understanding the new reality of communication. We manifest our ideas, our dreams, and the support we offer to others and how we connect with with each other. And we came to a three-human society, we came to the conclusion that personal branding is your story. It's that simple. And your story never ends. (laughs) Your story never ends unless you want to end the story. And we are here to make sure you carry on your story. Also, we realize that sharing your story changes your story. And through our club, Richman Magazine Club, we had hundreds and hundreds of people sharing their story on the stage. We had hundreds of people sharing their story on our podcast, each podcast. And then... We understood that sharing your story changes your story. So it is a process of us discovering the the true power of communication. George Bernard Shaw said that the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. <laughs> we decided to support the first one million stories to be shared on our community, which is a private community of conscious influencers. And we are putting one foot in front of the other and keep sharing amazing stories. And I think at one point you said your story sharing has healing powers. Could you tell us more about that? The human brain is designed in such a way that we are natural. If you study sociology, we and other areas we are natural we are natural storytellers and one of the best ways to heal is to share your story in the counseling therapeutic sessions the facilitator would ask tell us what happened and you are able to narrate your story and they use encouragers and other means to get you talking more because we realize that you have the answer within and while telling your story the answers can be revealed so i'm glad you mentioned what's happening with rich woman magazine if I may use this privileged point to share that we have been using the podcast from Scars to Stars, Healing Stars from Scars to Stars, where we facilitate persons navigating through their pain to the hope side of grief, where they can shine like stars so that they can lit they can light up. You asked me earlier what Christmas is like in Jamaica. It's filled with light. And yes, when we share our story, 
and we change from scars, we transfer that and we become stars. We light the path for someone who is coming behind. In counseling, there is what we call universality, where it is at that point where while you are telling your story, especially in a group counseling session, you listen to the narratives and then you realize, wow, I am not alone in this. There are other people who have their stories, their trauma, and it seems even worse than mine. So it's important to tell your story and retell your story. So from the podcast, we also have what is known as the write and heal. So it's a three-day, three-step process, Dr. Maria and, and Dr. Marius shared about the steps how to write your story write a book in three days and i share how to heal in three steps and these three steps have been proven the healing the grieving the restoration with some small steps in between that make up the 21 phases or steps to true healing and so we give people that opportunity to do it and by 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 now i should share i could say by now you may realize that my book or you may not i will share that my book came out of my writing my pain it during the time when my pain festered, and I'm using that strong word, festered. I had pain upon pain, and I was grieving the death of my mother years before it happened. And when she was buried, when she died, my life ended. So I thought, and I lived. Through that, everything I did, I buried the pain in overwork. I went in overdrive. I learned that there were six men, strong men, who had to take me out of the sepulchre to place her body. I was grieved when she died. And then there were other situations like the normal everyday pain that you experience, the loss of opportunity, the loss of friends, and then when my sister died in in 2007, that went in and it sunk deep within. I couldn't bear it any longer. No psychologist or psychiatrist, none could help me. So I thought, and I was a trained counselor. I had been treating with people, but my pain was so deep that I didn't think I could find someone to help. So I started writing. I wrote, I just write out my story. And it so happened that it was so much. One day I printed it out and I was reading it and I left it on my desk. And a student, a foreign student who was staying with me by the house, one morning I came out and I saw her in the living room and she was just sobbing. And I'm like, what happened? Did you get news from 
your family that something went wrong? What happened? And she said, she said, Auntie Grace, Auntie Grace, you don't know. Auntie Grace, you don't know. Auntie Grace, you don't know. And when I looked in her hand, it was the, the printout of what I had written. And I called one of my colleagues, Dr. Fernel Bell, and I said, listen, I did something. I used my story and the therapeutic modalities and the techniques, and I treated myself as if I were the client and a counselor was working with me through my grief process. And this is what I saw happened with this young lady and she said send it to me and I send it to her and she said no Grace you gotta get this out and that's how my book was polished and published and I say polished and published because there are several things in it that I had to just treat with it and just by narrating the story I got through it so I became an expert in grief and bereavement not because of my training, which I do have, but also because of my experience. So I use an autobiographical approach to treat with it. And persons who may be listening to this podcast, may be listening to this later on, or persons who are here, if there is something for which you have not yet grieved, like Dr. Maria asks, how important it is. It is as important as laying on the train track that is less than a thousand feet coming towards you and you decided that at that moment I want to live and you would jump, take the leap and grieve because you must if you need to heal. Thank you, Doc. I hope that answers your question. This episode is sponsored by MTN Press. MTN Press is the publishing house behind niche publications like Rich Human, Sovereign and the Quantum of Light magazines, all British brands with a global reach. They deliver the good news straight to the desk of decision makers, the CEOs, presidents, CFOs, consultants, investors, influencers, bankers, PR agencies, heads of global operation to name just a few. They also offer specialized support through a range of bespoke services, tools, and systems to help publishers like you grow both their presence and business. Whether you are running a blog, a niche magazine, or thinking to start one, their expert knowledge in the world of publishing can give you the tools and the expertise and the confidence you need to succeed. Check them out at mtnpress.com. Co.uk or follow the link in the episode description.